Hello and welcome back to Death and Dying in Denver. I'm your alliterative host, Desiree Celeste. I've also been watching someone try to parallel park for like the last 10 minutes. And now this person is way too close to the other person's bumper that's in front of them. And I'm just like, wow, that person that you parked behind is going to be trapped there forever. Like, just you got plenty of space behind you. Anyway, um, yeah, welcome back to Death and Dying in Denver. It's, I'm here. I took a, a hiatus. Um, I, at the end of December, had varicose vein surgery. It quite literally was traumatic um, to the point where I am dealing with a lot of depression lately. It's been kind of shutting me down from doing a lot of stuff, but I had made a lot of commitments for the month of January. So all of my energy thus far this month has gone way deep into these commitments and into conserving as much energy for myself and my own healing as possible. Yes, I do have a therapist. Yes, I went to therapy today. Yes, I'm working through this trauma. Um, my therapist is amazing and fantastic. And if she ever opens back up to uh, new clients again, I will let the world know because everyone needs her or someone that like uh, connects as deeply to themselves as she does with me. Let me just say, fantastic human being. Um, so that's kind of been my, my month is being very depressed and crying a lot, feeling like I don't have autonomy, um, being in pain. One of my incisions ended up getting infected, which I'm fine now, but like, oh, let's discuss some like insult to injury. Oh, so, uh, the, more like what positive educational uh growth based and growth centered things that i've done this past month um i had already signed up to be part of the nurinder bazin bazin i don't know how to pronounce her last name um but it's the nine nine keys death midwifery apprenticeship training and so we had our first meeting at the beginning of January, and it was very educational. And also, my, I'm part of an apprenticeship group with three other people, and like these three other people have helped to make me feel so like human in my concerns and my fears, because we've already discussed, we meaning you and I, have already discussed previously uh, that I have real imposter syndrome. I very much so believe that other people are more qualified and readier to do anything and everything than I am. And so to be able to have formed like formed close relationships with three other people that I think are inspirational and strong and smart and amazing, just incredible like driven, strong-willed human beings, and I'm one of them. I'm one of them. And like, to hear their concerns and fears are the same as mine. Same. They're same as mine. And yet they're still out there doing it. And I'm out there doing it. And it's just like, this is what I needed. I thought that I was going to love the apprenticeship because of accountability 
But what it is, is like a deepening of community that I needed. It's like, this is community care right here without, within this apprenticeship. Yes, we're getting, we're all getting education. It's incredible education. I love that when I'm second guessing myself and I'm questioning myself, I have three people to lean on that I know are invested in me doing well and that I know that I'm invested in them doing well. And I love that. That is like this apprenticeship, even if there was no education that came along with it, would be made worth it just by the bonds that I've created with these three other people. Just huge fan, huge fan of this apprenticeship. Um, and then I also, because, uh, I don't know, I was compelled. <laughs> um, I also signed up for the death companioning crash course with, um, American thanatologist Cole Imperi. Uh, and I signed up for that, like, I don't know, 10 minutes before the first lecture. <laughs> I'm over there messaging her on Instagram like, hi, I'm sorry, Cole. Um, I know I'm really late to this party, but like I have to work through all the lectures. Could I still be part of this program? And she's like, yeah, of course. Get in the, in the program. We record all the lectures. Like all the coursework is in your time except for the final exam. That's the one thing that there's a due date on. Everything else, do it when you're capable. And I'm like... Oh, hell yeah. And so now, uh, I, today's what, Monday, last Thursday, I did all of my final coursework and submitted it. And now I'm just like sweating. I, I have not had a final. I'm 34 now. I have not had a final since I was 17. And I'm like, was I thorough enough? Did I say enough? Did I do enough? Did I do too much? Did I like keep on topic enough? Like, it's just... Oh, I'm sweating that, but like the coursework was incredible and very thorough and there's discussion and there's community and there's like, I don't know, there was like 30 other people in the course as well that now we all like network with each other. Um, not, you know, it, uh, nothing's the closeness <laughs> in impact as the apprenticeship has created. Um, but still, like, it's been really cool to be able to make connections and have dialogue in the discussions with other people who are learning about death companionship and um, helping those at the end of life or people who are grieving or people who have went through big losses. Um, so that's been really cool as well. And I love, oh, so I love both of these things. I love the apprenticeship. Because it's nine months of like, all right, y'all are family now. Hold each other accountable. Do all this homework. Awesome. And it's slower pace. And it's like, it feels very doable. And then this crash course, I was just like, eh, I need to do this. And I'm not sure why. And then I'm like, as soon as I got into it, I knew why. And it's because I have so many questions. So many questions. And it's so hard to find like direct answers because death companioning looks like so many different things and it's just so vast. And I literally just figured out that my light fixture in my office, I just noticed what it looks like because I literally never use it. I have a fancy lamp, but I wanted to just 
hit the light switch. And so now I'm just like, is that what that light fixture looks like? Kind of like it, but also not what I was expecting. So, um, yeah, the crash course was like a, like a huge download of information. It was uh, just about two hour long lectures, lectures three times a week for two weeks, and then two additional lectures that were like two hours a piece and additional reading and websites to visit and just like such a huge amount of information. And Cole Peary is going to be doing, I think it's one more crash course. Um, so I will be putting in the show notes, the Instagrams and the websites, if applicable for everyone who I'm mentioning today, um, because just a wealth of information, boop, 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 feeling pretty empowered right now. Um, additionally, I went to my very first death cafe. Um, it's hosted by Melissa Drasby of Detroit, Michigan. Um, her Instagram is it is okay to die, <laughs> which I saw the name of and I was like, and I'm going to follow that. And I don't even know what this is. And then saw her talking about, uh, death, a death cafe over zoom. And I was like, I've never been to one of those. I have social anxiety. <laughs> and so this seems doable because I can do it in my own home. Uh, and I can be swaddled in as many blankets as I need in order to feel comfortable. And so I attended my first death cafe and it was amazing. 10 out of 10, very much so recommend to be able to speak about different aspects of death with other people. And so some people were there because they are experiencing loss and grief. Some people were there because they have fear surrounding death. Some people were there because they are interested in death as a topic. Um, and just like the vastness of what death is and could be. And then there were people like me who, (laughs) um, are like, I want to understand death in order to help others, um, understand death a little bit better. And so that was a really cool interaction. We had quite the vast array of topics. Uh, Melissa opened with the question of um at what age did you first understand death or experience loss so that really did like it pulled my memory way back in time to think about when i was like four or five years old my great grandma was passing away in another state my my grandma drove me out there like four or five years old to go sit bedside in a hospice with my great grandma. Um, and that is the memory I have of my great grandma was sitting in her hospital room and smelling weird smells and, uh, seeing her hooked up to robots and hearing weird sounds. And I remember it very, very vividly, but also I remember my grandma talking to me about what I was going to see when I got out there and how, when I got there, I felt prepared. Like, I was, like, ready. I'm like, okay, it's going to be weird in there, and I am going to be there for it. Like, I felt very, like, empowered as, like, a five-year-old to sit bedside um, in, 
my great grandma's last days. I am really appreciative to my grandma for giving me that opportunity to be able to not feel fear in that instance. Um, I just wish that when my grandma was passing away, I could have hearkened back to that or that I could have been set up in the same way. And that's something that it's a big driving force as to why I wanted to pursue death work um, was because my grandma's death ripped apart my family in ways that I feel like are irreparable. And it made it so that, like, I know my grief, my grandma passed away 10 years ago. My grief is still, I'm still figuring out how to um, get my grief to a space that is safe. Because <laughs> sometimes I just, like, have, like, anxiety meltdowns because I think of her. And that's, I know it's not healthy. And it's wild because I am such a good griever for everybody else. Anyone else. I've had other friends and loved ones pass away. Um, I'm, I am currently dealing with layers of strange grief right now. And I, can, I feel like all of those instances of grief feel very like manageable. They're still difficult. It's still painful. but. At this point with my grandma's death, I just, I know that I could have healed better. And that's something that I'd like to be able to give to other people is to be able to have like good feelings, hopefully, surrounding their loved one's passings, as opposed to me like still being so frustrated and angry about how my grandma's wishes weren't heeded, how, um, how our family wasn't supported. We, we could have done better. There's so many things that could have done, gone differently. And it's something that I'm still working through. That's part of the reason why I'm like, I don't feel like I'm ready to work with people who are passing or with grieving families yet, because I am still working through my layers of strange grief, including this real old traumatic grief that happened from my grandma's passing. Um, so I am not there yet. I'm excited to be getting all these tools to get closer to that. Um, closure. I need closure on my grandma's death. That's something that I, I'm figuring out how to do now in honoring her. And um, yeah, that was, that was a rabbit hole. I did not intend to go down. So thank you for following me uh, into that rabbit hole. Uh, this past month, I also did a life and review mini session with Madison Barras. Um, and she primarily does legacy work. Her Instagram is Balefire Review. Um, but she primarily does legacy work and like life and review work, which was super duper impactful to me. <laughs> um, I just, I can't even, I'm going to try to explain it, but I've tried before and failed miserably. Uh, so going into it, it's a two hour long session and the mini session is a standalone um, portion of time that's just that two hours, whereas she does offer full sessions where it's uh, like, I think it's either four or five two hour sessions and it's going through, she leads 
with all of these questions about things that are important to you and things that you've gone through and thing what what you would like to be remembered as on when on your deathbed when you're passing and like from that she creates like a nice neat little outline of your life and what it is that you'd like to accomplish in your life and the things that you're already doing or things that you have already told her that you could be doing in order to get there and then she takes that outline and packages it up in a nice little bow and then hands it back to you in a way that you can better understand and by the end of it like I'm sobbing uh I just I feel like she's my best friend now because uh she's so non-judgmental and so kind and patient and so like I I came out of this uh this experience understanding myself better and that was only after one session um and so i cannot imagine how empowering and amazing uh an educational educational that's the full word that it is to do the full life in review the full like what eight ten hours i don't know it's amazing though uh what i will say is that the mini review <laughs> my mini review uh is going to eventually be turned into a podcast when she starts putting those out so <laughs> uh i do look forward to that i am y'all know i'm an open book uh i kind of talk about whatever i want whenever i want and i try to use my experiences as a way to help to encourage and empower other people and so i I'm just so curious how this podcast review or how this podcast um, life and review is going to end up <laughs> what uh, what is going to be put out there. But I will say that I'm going to own it just like I'm going to go full. If you watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I'm going to go full Lisa Renna and own it. <laughs> Because <laughs> I got deep in this. Uh, and I am so grateful to Madison for giving me the opportunity to go deep and uh, be completely bare. And for her to help to create such a safe space around that. So big fan. Um, what else? Oh, I uh, am also going to be attending in mid-February. A death worker gathering with Angela Alber Angela Alberto, and I'm like, I'm just gonna make all that those two words, two names, gonna become one name <laughs> with my stutter. It's amazing. So uh, Angela Alberto is a death worker um, from the West Coast. Uh, her Instagram is Heartwise Woman, and she is putting together a death worker gathering uh, to build like. So she talks about it being networking, community building, and education, which I'm really excited about because my walk of life and what I understand is different from what other people's walks of lives are and what they understand. And it is important to me that if there comes a time, if and when there comes a time that I'm serving people directly, um, I say if and when mostly because I'm still at a a point where I don't want to assume that I will be working directly with people. 
um, because I'm still, I am purely educational right now. If I put my horse before the cart, or wait, my cart before the horse, what's the saying? If I put my cart before the horse, I will overwhelm myself. So I'm doing some protective wording here for myself. Uh, but uh, if there comes a time that I'm working directly with families or people who are passing or people who are concerned about death or just like the list goes on if i go into this and i'm working with people who are not in the death work community it will be imperative that i can understand more people's experiences and points of view and how they speak and think and ways to make them feel safe and protected because for me that's the most important thing is to make sure that people feel safe and that i, I know how to help that. So um, I'm excited for the added education, the ongoing learning. Networking is fantastic as well because I would love to be able to just learn from every single death worker out there. If I could like just watch a documentary on every single death worker and have that documentary be like 14 hours long, please tell me your whole life story. Please like tell me how you got into this and what you do within it. What are like what are your passions? What are your struggles? If I could if I could get that from every single person who's a death worker, I would still be like I have more questions. Tell me more. Um so, I'm excited for all of this. The community part makes me anxious. I have social anxiety. But um like whatever. Like death workers seem to be like the most welcoming group of people that I've ever approached. So uh, I'm yet to find gatekeepers. I'm sure that, that they're out there somewhere. I just haven't found them yet. So <clears throat> I'm excited. Like death workers are rad. Or people who want to be death workers are rad. And it's like, uh, it's almost like a inclusive secret so society. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny to me how like uh I have found oh this is what I'm excited about. Um I am not excited that I can't attend the first meeting that I've been made aware of, but um there is um monthly meetings that are called the queer death sessions and that's also their Instagram. It name is the queer is no, not the just queer death sessions. And I'm so excited to start attending those meetings because that's literally what I'm in this for. But I like cold messaged <laughs> that account. I'm like, hi, I can't attend this one. Do you know when the next one is? Because I want to go and this is why. And I'm just like anxiety uh, typing out things. <laughs> and the person on the other end is like, there's, I think that there's two people who run the account, so I don't want to assume like who it was, but whomever it was that was on the other end of that message was so kind and inviting and welcoming. And I'm like, yay, there's more people talking about queer death here. Woo! Because this is literally the first account that I've been able to find that speaks directly about queer death. And let me just say, like, uh, the overwhelming, like, waves of warmth and good emotions that came over me by finding this page, I was like floored. I was like, oh my God, am I gonna cry now? I don't know. Um, so very excited about 
about that as well. And I'm, I'm wondering and hoping that uh, the people who run the queer death sessions will also be at the death worker gathering. Um, and I'll be, I'll pop all the Instagrams of the people I'm speaking about in the show notes because I know I've kind of like hit on a lot of people here, but I'm trying to keep record of all of this amazing education that I have been able to be part of this past month. And some of it's been paid for. So the uh, Cole and Peary crash course um, and Narendra Bazin's uh, apprenticeship are both paid, but the Death Cafe, the Life and Review mini session, and the Death Worker Gathering and the Queer Death Sessions are all free and educational. Uh, the L Life and Review mini session is case by case basis. Um, it's something that Madison offers every so often based off of need for podcast episodes. Um, and so that's not something that you can like re request or sign up for, but the other three, the death cafe, um, the death worker gathering and the, uh, queer death sessions are all free education that are just open to people who, um, are going to go in taking this seriously. <laughs> I'm always worried about saying that things are open to anyone because especially with something like the queer death session, that is going to have to be a protected space because it is led and attended by queer people and cis people alike. And queer people need to have a space to be safe in. So maybe not everyone's invited to all of these things, but when you go into it wanting education, taking things seriously, having an open mind and heart, yeah. Please, please reach out. Come on in. Let's uh, let's all learn together. But I'm just so excited. This episode is running a lot longer than I was expecting. But um, I went from like, oh, I'm I'm doing education all on my own, and I don't really know what I'm doing. To now, it's just like, oh, look, look at all the cool stuff that I've learned this past month, and the people I've learned with, and uh, the people who've been nice to me, which has been everyone. But some people like stand out in ways <laughs> uh so yeah i don't know i think i went over everything that i wanted to um just as a reminder this podcast is like essentially my personal journal <laughs> in at this time it's my personal journal in learning about death companionship and being able to witness my growth i'm really excited to be able to look back on this episode, like a year or two years from now and be able to be like, whoa, look at how much I've learned and grown since then. Look at how many more connections I've been able to make. Um, and I'm excited for that. So if you come onto this podcast thinking I'm going to teach you anything right now, it's just, um, I'm just going to teach you resilience. <laughs> like, uh, I run a quiet contemplation. I not by myself. It's, it's a communal thing, but I'm part of a quiet contemplation group, um, where I was journaling during one of the quiet contemplation timeframes. And I wrote down that I'm frequently fearful. So I'm constantly courageous. And like, I am so afraid going into this work 
Not because I'm afraid of being around dying people. Not because I'm afraid of filling out paperwork or any of that. Like, I am afraid of success as much as I am of failure. I'm afraid of new things and change as a whole. Like, all of the fears that I have are, like, concepts. It's not even something (laughs) that I can, like, look in the eye and be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. My fear is constant. And it's overwhelming. And it's, I live in anxiety all the time. So, like, I'm excited to uh, be afraid and do it anyway. And I think, uh, I think I'll leave it at that. So, be afraid, do it anyway. I love you. Uh, check out show notes to connect to the people that I've spoken about or connect to me. Come connect to me. Come on over. Um, and <laughs> thanks for sitting through almost a half hour of me just being myself. Have a great day, guys. Love you.